Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com Everything is personal right here. Everything is personal right here Everything is personal right here Let me end on the N.A. Heat guaranteed when you press in the play Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Everything is Personal. And as always, our lovely co-host, Miss Kimberly KD Dillon. Nice Hello, to see man. you. Nice to I, see you. Nice to see you. Listen, I'm I'm really excited. I'll tell you why. First of all, we have double the guests today, which uh, uh which is super cool, but we have a legend on the show that I'm super excited about and I have some real interesting questions about the insights and uh, they <laughs> yeah, it's them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, we have two legends. We have two legends. Let me put it to you. We have two legends. <laughs> All right, so two two legends in the show. You, you both corrected me. I I'm, I feel corrected. I've been corrected several times uh, today. Uh, so this is just another in a series of corrections. Uh, so I want to introduce Darren Dmac McCarty, number twenty five. And you uh, meant to say they are legends, they, right? I thought you thought they are legends inside jokes. They are legends. They are legends. Both yeah. are they are legends. Uh, four-time Stanley Cup champion, and I have a lot of uh, things to ask you about. And uh, also the founder of All Star Growers, Mister Adam Scott Green. Welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Hey, first, first off, Len, um, we were talking, uh, I let it be known. You're probably mad at me because you said you're from Philly. So well, you probably got thank some you for bringing that up. All that, right, let's, from let's bring that up. You want to get this out of the way so we can <laughs> let's get, get out of the way. Helping uh, people and being personal and get to why we're here. Listen, all right. The, uh, I am, I was mad at you. Tell the people, tell the I'll people. Tell the people. I'll, tell the, I'll tell the people. Well, first of all, I'm a big <laughs> Flyers fans. All right. Oh. So. So, uh, and you know, my, I grew up with, you know, Bobby Clark and all those, uh, then the Broad Street Bullies. And then I was a big, uh, you know, Hextall, Brian Prop, all that 80s team. 
And then I was so excited when we got uh, Eric Lindros and Le- Legion of uh, Doom. And uh, we played really hard to get to the Stanley Cup for the first time since the mid-70s. And we hit a team, the Detroit Red Wings, who took us out in four. And I was really, really disappointed. I was really upset. And I liked the Red Wings until they beat the Flyers. So and that's I was fair. really upset. Uh, but you got my respect. Well, you always have my respect as because I'll tell you one thing. You're you're sort of this interesting player from, uh, you know, my, my hockey uh, acumen that not only is an enforcer, but actually is a goal scorer, which is very, very rare in the league. Like, you know, a Rick Tockett. I don't know who else. I would Let me tell you, you something personal, Len. Tommy, Tommy. Because it all comes back around your own fault. My favorite player growing up, the person that I wanted to emulate and be like was Rick Tockett. He no could way. lead, he could fight. Yeah, that's my guy. Well, R- I, I Lance didn't even know Paris, that. Lance Paris, the catcher for the Tigers, and Rick Tockett. I used to write his name on my stick in junior all the time, whatever. That was that was it. When Rick Tockett said that 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 was cool that I was his favorite player. He was proud of that. Yeah, Brad Day and I both both the same way. Another guy who played around the league. But yeah, no, no, Rick. So so technically it's your fault that I turned out <laughs> the way it is and came back and kicked your butt. Well, here's what happened though. When you kicked Lemieux's butt. Whoa. That to me, that to me was, I know we're having an inside conversation and people are like, what are you talking about? But March 26, 97, you can look it up. Yeah. So, so it was, uh, what what did they call it? Uh, sweet, sweet revenge, fight night at the Joe. Fight night at the Joe. That was it. You know. So it, it was, uh, it was a fight between the avalanche and red wings and you were, Tell the story so I don't have to tell it. Yeah, no, no worries. And if you go back to the lore just quickly, is that the Detroit Red Wings were like, yeah, you'd sat on the precipice for years. I came in in 93. We won the President's Trophy, lost, went to the finals against Jersey in 95, got swept by Jersey. Jersey did that's what we did to Philly um, back 97. So we learned. And then in 96, we set a league record and then lost to Colorado, who... Patrick Wall got traded there. He was the best goalie in the league from Montreal after a game we played. There's a long history you can go through it. But what happened in the last game of that playoff is my centerman to the grind line. You guys had the Legion of Doom in Philly. We, we had the grind line, which was me, Chris Draper, uh, Kirk Malpe, and also Joe Kosher was in and out. Anyways, you get sidetracked. Chris Draper got hit from behind by Claude Demieux. Claude Demieux, not only everybody, most hated guy in the league. And I think you see... You know, 25 years later, because March 26, 97 is coming up on his 25-year anniversary, and I'll get to what happened, but his kid's out there playing in L.A., biting people and doing dumb stuff right now. <laughs> anyway, so uh, it comes to the fact that he hits Chris Draper from behind, breaks his jaw in four places, crushes his orbital or whatever, and never apologizes. In life and sports, bad things happen. You can't lose respect for a fellow human being. Claude Demieux not apologize and say he never would have heard of Chris Draper and he just made him all this money. Well, the rivalry keeps going. We hadn't beaten him. It, it all comes down to the last game we play them, Colorado of the year. Now, remember, I told you that here's the big thing. We knew we had to win the game because the rivalry, they beat us out in the playoffs. We hadn't beat them through. We were going to have to beat them in the playoffs. So it's a psychological thing as much as a physical thing. So getting the revenge was important. But it had to be smart and calculated. And the way it happened is 
Larry Igor Larionov, the biggest pacifist. He's all five foot six and 140 pounds, soaking wet. Starts it with Peter Forsberg, and then I decided, and it ends up being a melee on the ice. And I I see Lemieux in there, and I I cold cock him, which means is you look him right in the eyes and you absolutely blast him. And I folded him up, and then the goalies are starting fighting all this and that. And anyways, I got the revenge for him. End up beating him up pretty good, but. We, I end up staying in the game, right? Usually, if that happened today, I get like 10, 15 game suspension. Yeah. Yeah. I got four minutes for roughing and a 10 minute misconduct, which means I stayed in the game. We were down 5 3 in the third. We tied it up and I scored the overtime winner. Yep. And to me, March 26, 97 is Red Wing D Day because at the end of that game, and I grew up across the border. So I grew up a Red Wings fan, even when they sucked. You're talking about the late 70s and early 80s and stuff. Your your flyers were so good. We sucked. We could we could fight, but we we sucked. Right. But I was a diehard, so I knew the history and all that stuff. So the fact it was a proverbial it's gonna be all right. Don't know what it means. It's gonna be all right. Well, I sit here today with four cups. We were able to beat them in the conference finals and give us, that's why we were so rolling coming in. Cause we were supposed, Philly was supposed to do to us what we were supposed to do to Jersey. And they're both absolutely flipped, but, but it's because what we learned and losing to Jersey and losing, we had to go through those tough times. So people can look, people can look that up, but that's sort of uh, the lore. And I sit here with four Stanley cups because of it. And that's yeah. sort of, how, that's sort of the game that it all came together. I love that story because one of the things that always fascinates me about sports is the mental aspect of the game. You can play, you can be a great player, but this this emotional thing because to sustain that and and having a role, I I just watched the the second time again the Ice Guardians that documentary. Yeah. Yep. I mean, what a fantastic documentary for those of you who don't know. It's a documentary about the role of the enforcer in the National Hockey League. And it's such an amazing human story because, you know, people think of enforcers are like, you know, it's a guy that comes in and, and his role is just to fight. But it's, it's more than that. It's really that, that you, know, you have a captain on the team, but really there's so much respect and uh, so much admiration for the person who goes in and is the enforcer on the team. And it really connected me to that individual from a completely different level than just the person that comes in and, and fights. Uh, right. And which is a tough job. If that's like, if you if think about it as if your job is, you're, you're, you're the UFC guy. See, you mentioned I was lucky because guys like myself, Rick Talker, whatever, where you can play too. So you got to bounce in and out of sort of said role. And a lot of times as you got older, you got, it's called picking your spots. You had to be smarter. So there's a psychology all to it of, of why to do it and all that. But uh, that's a great, everybody should see Ice Guardians because those are the true enforcers and everything that they go through with the mental and physical, which, you know, leads us up to why I do what I do now. Well, let me let me let me uh, pause on that for a second because I want to I want to segue to that in a second, and I <clears throat> and I want to also uh, talk to Adam on this too. But one of the things that I, I realized from uh, Ice Guardians and, and also from conversations I've had, you know, you and I uh, met as part of like Athletes for Care uh, as well as part of that, and I have a lot of athlete friends. So one of my friends is Riley Cote, ex uh, Flyer, as That's well. That's my guy. That's right. my guy. Nice. Also, you know, like, like he's my guru. 
So go yeah. ahead. Yeah, that's so, my guy. So Riley is uh, my guy too, really good friend. And one of the things is, and and he says this in the Ice Guardians, and also always told me, and I found this fascinating that when you are in a game and you have to, you have this adrenaline and you have to fight and you have all this dopamine and you have this all these norepinephrine, uh, all these chemicals are pumping your bloodstream. Then you go home and you have to interact with your family. How do you turn that off? You have this, yes, you have physical aches and pains from, you know, getting battled, battered during the game, but how do you switch that? And that's, is the mo- one of the most difficult things. And I think that's when he started talking about how they start looking at other substances to be able to get yourself to calm down and, you know, discovering, you know, cannabis or other things, but definitely other substances before that. That, that was my conversation with him. So that's that's all I want to segue, see what you had to do in order to overcome that uh, mental thing because you have to be on when you're playing and then coming home and, and trying to be a different person. Yeah, bro, you, you don't, like that's, that's exactly why we're having this conversation now in 2022 because the tools weren't in place, right? That's really, I come from, I, I'm just over six years sober and, you know, the cannabis saved my life. Riley Cote is is a huge part of uh, my journey and getting me off to the right place. But it's it's the options you don't have because that's the problem where guys have is in order to be the, the guy on the ice, they can't turn it off, right? Because you didn't have the education, didn't, didn't know what you were working against as opposed to what we are now. So that's, you know, where you bring in a, <clears throat> talking about Adam, you know, like I always say, Adam's the same. Adam's my has been along my journey also too as friends, but also like educationally because without that and with the Darren McCarty brand here in Michigan and stuff like this, the the, the CBD, the CBGs, and the C, but the CBN, right? Where are you talking about the CBN is the sleep part, the sedative part of the of the plant, which is. N- which is the beauty is it's in the CBD, it's in the CBD family. So there's no hallucination. There's no, you know, THC. You don't have to have it. It's a natural component to help you sleep. So these are things we didn't know about before, no matter what it is, but it's just giving you options that you didn't, didn't have to be able to do that. The awareness before, but you're talking about things is now 2022 and, um, that is more a focal point. And, and people's feelings and how they, you know, athletes feel and all this other stuff before it was all about performance, right? But what, was it, really but what was it, but uh, what was it like? So when, when you're playing and it's the nineties and the two thousands, what, what is that like when you kind of get off the ice and you go back, do you go out with the boys and drink some beers or you start getting the pill? Like what do people, what did they do before? Yeah. Drink yourself to sleep, drink, yeah. you know, like it, it or, or opiates or some sort of something that's, that's killing you. Right. Or they're prescribing to you or ambient, you know, ambient, how many stories? I mean, I've been, listen, it, I have four rehabs that the leagues put me through. I have a million dollars of, of knowledge in my head. I retain so much. I live by the principles of Alcoholics Anonymous and everything I've been taught. It's just my, my program right? Where they tell you to work your own program has a garden in it. 
because the education is updated. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm yeah. one of those guys that fights against the whole old school. Things have changed. New information is provided, right? You know, that's the one thing is that if I need information, I go ask Adam. I go, Adam, who should I, where, where am I look? Am I in the right direction? Am I fishing here? Am I talking right? Because I'm just a facilitation of that knowledge. But before it was when it's just like athletes, just like everybody else here, take this here, do this. Here's this one thing to cure this. And, and it's going to sprout these other two problems. And you can take two things for that and it'll make four things. No, now we're smarter now. So let's be educated what we know about the plant, among other things, diet, you know, the, this, that, and everything. And I think it's a combination of, of wellness and, and it's of, of option, right? At the end of the day, um, it's not about whether you do or don't. It's about, do you know, you have the option. And you know what? Honestly, I hope you don't. More for me. Yeah. <laughs> Greedy. Hmm, give me some more. Ask Adam. Man, I'll, I'll hoover the stuff. Right? Give me more, more, more. But again, the compassionate part of me is I have to let you know, do you have an option? And if you want to know the option, then I have to continue to pass along what I've been given also too. It's like Riley told me. Right, this is one of the things Riley Cote said to me. We we're talking about. He says, "Now you know the secret. It's your responsibility what you do with it." And we're all different, right? I'm just a blowhard, and it's just one of these that I've survived, and I'm not supposed to be here, you know, because it's supposed. To, I'm supposed to be another statistic, but I'm here for a reason. Oh, so I look around, and I say, "Oh, all right, okay, let's go," because you're not gonna because I have an army of. Uh, you know, what small part, but you know, like, like Adam's one of those guys that I look to, I know he's a janitor, but I mean, my, our janitors, uh, our janitors are CEOs. Exactly. Our janitors are CEOs. Exactly. So, uh, so you haven't not having options. The professional leagues obviously don't provide you. You can, you can take as many opioids as you want, but you know, cannabis is not uh, on the table. So when you discovered cannabis, did you, uh, as as an option based on your your program to get sober, was that through Riley originally? No, see that I figured it out when I was playing, but that wasn't a good time, so that was always a a juggle struggle. But uh, just the when I when I got when I decided that I was going to get sober, when I decided to make a commitment. It was more or less the direction of what to do through Riley. That's the one thing is that I realized, and this is sort of with my journey and everybody else, and, and this is sort of where he was at, is that I can't do the work for you. But when you're ready to do the work and you want to ask the questions, what do you mean by that? I used to say, I'm not here to argue. I'm here to answer your questions. No, I'm here to fight or I'm here to answer your question because there's no reason not, or else because, and it's not and anybody out there. You can't want it for somebody more than they want it for themselves. And that's the hardest thing because usually the people we love the most are the ones that get caught in this vortex. But remember the responsibility isn't to that person that doesn't want to do the work. It's the person that you can't see behind you that's out there waving that wants to be saved. So, I mean, that's, and I, and that's what I learned from Riley too, because, and it's just sort of like the people you surround yourself with. And it, and it doesn't have to, and it's not like on a daily basis, it's just in your circle to be able to know that you, that you, you don't have to have all the answers, but, but when you need answers, you know who to go to. That's the biggest thing, right? Am I crazy? Am I not? 
you know, what's this, what's that? You know, I remember talking to Adam about CBN that he, you know, four years ago, whatever like this, but it took up until, you know, a few years ago, even more and more. And actually where it's more, especially here in Michigan, where you see people that are getting educated more on it. Right. And, and I, I to me, it's like inception. Own the sleep world, own the, you know, that owns the world. If, if everybody got a good night, think about it. If everybody got a good night's sleep or whatever, how much nicer they would be just by accident. Oh, a hundred percent. Like that's, yeah. that's the whole thing just to when and to know you have the option. So instead of somebody telling you, this is, this is what you need to take. Now there's options out there. And like you said, you guys are in California. You've been ahead of the curve for a while. Um, but it's all about just educating and letting people know that that's why I have another, I got two sayings, get educated, get medicated and don't tell me what, tell me who, cause I don't care. Like, you know what? I, like, don't tell me it's Gorilla Glue. Tell me it's Darren McCarty brand Gorilla Glue. Tell me it's Adam Scott Green, uh, Gorilla Mints or whatever it is. Who grew it? Because then the, immediately if I go, Adam tells me here's, here's, and that's, you know, a lot of things with Adam. It's getting to know the people in Michigan over the past four or five years, right? The products, the, the, the people who's in it for which reasons and stuff like this. And, and, and that's the great part. Yeah. So well, if I Adam- can interject for a second, I'm going to play devil's advocate on the audience. Um, I would love to hear just sort of like, what was the breaking point? Like, how did you get into cannabis? Who is Riley and how did you meet Adam? Right. So Riley Cote, who is a former hockey player from the Philadelphia Flyers, and you mentioned Athletes for Care. That's mm-hmm. the, we're all different former athletes from all different sports who who have come together because cannabis has made their life better and they want to share their journey and stuff like this. It's been going on for a while. And direction, and Riley's really one of, one of the, the founding ringleaders of all this. And so it's, it was sort of, he's like the Obi-Wan to, or the Yoda to, to sort of lead me on the journey. For me, I'm an alcoholic, right? So I played, I retired in 2009 and I played leaving Las Vegas without trying to kill myself. And I, I smoke cannabis and stuff like this, but I wouldn't say I used it medicinally. Well, I used to be 80 pounds heavier. Um, I'm lucky that I use so much cannabis because um, right before my sobriety date, which is November 11th, uh, 2015, which is Memorial Day, which is so apropos because my birthday is April 1st. So I got to have special day moments and stuff like this. Right. So the fact that, that I was, uh, my blood pressure was 265 over 165. I was supposed to be coming or dead, 80 pounds heavier than what I was now. Like I was going to die and I had to make this decision. And it was really the, my caregiver and, and caregiving, uh, three buddies that were here in Michigan um, that, and my wife being a uh, registered neonatal intensive care nurse. So pretty much I did detox and Adam will even explain what Rick Simpson oil is and whatever, but it's pretty much a plant concentrate all down to its medicinal form. Most powerful, like you want to shut your unit, you want to shut your body off, use Rick Simpson oil, RSO. So I had, seven days of 10 to 15 grams put in my system every waking hour. And I was either puking or, or purging and every which way. till I finally got the physical addiction of alcohol out of my system. Right now, here's the, the beauty, right? Where you realize as an alcoholic, 
your body will repair itself. So my blood work to this day, six years later, is is better than it was even at the end of my hockey career. You know, I'm in better health. So I'm lucky. And then as opposed where you understand that opioid addiction or whatever, you sever retention. So you severed them so they'll never reconnect. So you're dealing with something different. You're just trying to settle the urge. For me, it's about understanding the why. So once this plant saved my life, I, I never thought I'd be out of the physical addiction of it because alcohol will kill you if you try to just quit cold turkey. And I never had that, that like physically and ment- spiritually and mentally, I was ready for like eight months. I told you I went to four rehabs. I've, I've been sober for years, almost 10 years at a time. And it just for all different reasons, but I finally got that date out of my head, right? I know so many alcoholics know that and that through this plant. So after I got grateful, I got angry. And I went, I, man, this no, I, I really did. Ask Adam. And, then, and that's sort of right around, you know, so that was November of, of 15. And I and we'd come across each other and stuff like this through different events and, um, and the community and stuff like that. We got a lot of similar friends, you know, um, in the entertainment business and stuff that we hang out with. But it's just sort of developing the relationship. And then it was so... Once I got on my journey, that's sort of when when Adam and I, because of the education, and then I so <clears throat> then I worked it out. Then I was approached, and, and I created the Darren McCarty brand, right? So I created the Darren McCarty brand, which you can see right here. Uh, Adam's got some of the stuff. Hey, which hey, he's, play, yeah, so he's got so you can ah. see in his. Well, he's. I got five different gummy lines. It's produced by um, the biggest seed to sale a producer in the state of Michigan called Pincana. So you can see, right, CBN with THC, some of the gummies. I have CBD with with um, CBN in it. So what's important, I also have a roll-on. Here, let me find it. I also have a roll-on that I created because I understand that as much, it's, it's to me, it's about all the C's, right? So I have this roll-on. Right, which is a hemp raw that I ship all over the world. That I is it's a hippie blend. It's petulia, lavender, um, and Madagascar vanilla, which is the key because when you understand, and this is the one thing that I got learned where we're into now, and the education, as I would say, two two or three years in, um, is the profiles and the terpenes and the interactions and the essences and the entourage effects and all these different things that I don't need to know about, but Adam explains it along the way. So I would say Adam and I have been tight for about, you know, four or five years. Um, You know, and the one thing is, is that this is what I love about your our tribe and stuff like this is that there's some really cool people that we've come across and, and it's not just see people think it's not just about weed and getting high and anything like that. Um, you know, uh, we've been through weddings. We've been through some heartache. We've been through deaths. You know, at the end of the day and stuff like this, we've had some laughs. We've had some cries. But that's, but it's sort of like life. Life, it, it's funny because Adam and I, a lot of the same as we like to to share and have compassion for people. I think that that's one of the things our compassion for other people is huge. And so he helps me. Um, and he also helps me 
because he's been in this cannabis industry for so long. So he can help me with questions that I have um, about who's in it for the right reasons, right? Like, I mean, here's the bottom line. You're, you, your compassion is above your dollar or your dollar is above your compassion, right? And it's okay, whichever it is, be true to you. But please, those dollar first people, we're going to go which way? Tell us, we'll go... The compassion people will go left or right. Just let us know which way is away from you so we don't intertwine and they don't get messed up. Because I'll tell you one second, you try to cross the line, you don't got to worry about me, bro. I got bigger, badder brothers than that and Adam will laugh and stuff like this to protect because everybody's story is the commonality is this plant. It'll come from every other place. Right, Adam? Like, I mean, I just love the stories. I think of so many different people. I thought about 10 different people that, that we know together that we've watched the journeys build. And to me, that's the beauty of this plan. It's bigger than anything else. I just know that my mission is so for people that never thought that they had a way out. Cause I know that hopeless feeling and to make sure everybody has an option. That's, so I hope that answers your question. Oh, it was a great. Yeah. Get on. <clears throat> hey Adam, uh, how did you get, <laughs> how'd you get into cannabis? Uh, well, it was a uh, sixth grade summer and uh, me and a couple buddies, we snuck behind the elementary school and uh, we folded in a Coca-Cola can, poked some holes in it. And we uh, took some uh, old uh, brick weed. Uh, there was a name before it, but I want to be correct, but like some old brick weed. And uh, it had a bunch of seeds and stems and all this stuff. And uh, when, you say name be- when you say name before that, are you referring to a certain country? Yeah, right. you sure? Yeah. yeah. Hey, he, he know what I'm Do I got to see it, right? Hey. Hey, you ain't going to get this guy on no list. Um. Adam, have we not learned anything? It's they dirt weed, right? Is that not correct? They dirt weed. Gosh, you guys. Cor- correction. You know, correction. Uh, but anyways, we, uh, you know, we poked this thing, poked some holes in this thing and lit up and holy cow, man, I fell in love. I fell in love with the experience, the effect. Um, agreeably, I was far too young to be getting into it. But as we've learned, it is a medicine. And in a way, maybe I was would have been a child that would have been a candidate for other uh, facets, other pharmaceuticals. But instead, because I discovered it at such a young age and had such a passion with it, like I knew right from the rip when we smoked it and started playing football in the dark and, you know, I'm getting hit in the face with a football because I can't see. I was like, I love this plant. <laughs> this is it for me. <laughs> But how, so, so from there, how did you get into like, uh, the cultivation part of it? Because I have to, I have to preface and I've, I've consumed, uh, a lot of cannabis in my life all over the world, uh, in different, they, them countries. And, uh, you're, uh, you like, <laughs> D-Mag approves, approves. I would learn and we're learning. <laughs> and, uh, but. I mean, you you definitely uh, cultivate some of the finest cannabis that I've ever consumed anywhere. Thank uh, you. So yeah, and uh, so I wanted to know how how you got into the cultivation side of it. Yeah, so that was 
that was it right there. So uh, after falling in love with it back in the day, you know, I didn't, you know, I was a young kid. I didn't have a lot of options, right? I had uh, maybe some older brothers or buddies that were about to rip me off and all this stuff. And I, I wanted to, you know, I, there's seeds everywhere. Every single bag you bought had seeds and a seed's a seed, right? Put in the ground to grows kind of thing back then. So I had this real novel idea that, you know, I could just grow this for myself. So I sent venture to the woods uh, by seventh grade <laughs> behind my parents' house and started planting seeds all over the place and figuring it out from there, eventually moving indoors to my very first indoor micro grow that I learned uh, reading High Times magazines that was literally inside like a little speaker box, you know, like one of those old Yamaha, Yamaha speakers, like bigger guys, but just I shelled it out, threw a light in there, you know, put some air in it and plant and grew like a quarter. And I was in love. That was it. I grew a quarter bag for myself. And I was like, holy shit, I'm like, God did this. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing because you know, knowing a little bit about your story, think about it this way. And it just so the, the, the audience can, can learn from this experience. It's a seed you put in the ground, it grew, you put in a speaker, it grew a quarter, but now this is something that you do. And this, you're not only passionate about it, but you've been able to, you know, create a system that is a, a, a super functional, scalable system. And it's, you constantly, every single time you do this, you learn, learn, learn. So how did you get to the point that you perfected the system where you can kind of get consistency? Yeah. Uh, the best answer I can give is a lot of error. I screwed up a lot, right? From, from seventh grade to right now, it was the failures that taught me all the lessons of what I should and shouldn't do anymore, right? What works, what doesn't work. Um, the, the plant, one of the most beautiful things about this plant is how simplistic it really is at the end of the day, right? If uh, you provide the right environmentals, uh, the right bottom part, your mediums, whatever it is you're using, right? Provided enough light, uh, it will grow, I promise you. And then there's few tweaks from there. And I think uh, really having a relationship with this plan as opposed to just YouTubing it or trying to like download information like people do now. Um, it, it's how you learn anything in life, really. It's through failure. Yeah, uh, totally makes sense. So how are you and, and DMAC, how are you working together if you are? Like what is the integration, how you're thinking of, uh, you know, getting the Darren McCarty brand out and, and scaling it you know, when I guess legalization becomes uh, uh, or they they end prohibition, I should say, in the U.S. and we're able to get this uh, uh, great product in every single state. What is the plan or how you're looking to scale? Yeah, the, you know, the plan, the plan all along and the beauty is, is I want to be able to produce, you know, my goal is to have the Darren McCarthy brand in every state, right, produced by the best growers, whatever like that, you know, as far as I think that it's, it's one of these synergies is that I love it. Like you would see my Mandalorian shirt. Cause that's what we are, right. We're, we're sort of Mandalorian uh, out doing the journey, but, but Adam, you know, with what he's got going on um, and his Owasso property and, and what, like that's part of eventually like the Darren McCarty brand will be involved somehow there Along the way, I think he nailed it, right? Where I realized, like, he's a grower. 
and he cares and he's not afraid to make mistakes, but he's there listening to the plants and he gives them what they want. And that's what makes him such a great grower is because I know how much he loves each plant because we talk about them as we smoke them because we have a jokes and stuff like that about it. But it's like, I will quiz him on it. And I'll be like, you know, you didn't know this one that well. You know, you didn't care about her. Oh, I didn't, did I? Well, you know that I had to look and walk her in. And to learn, like, and to me, that's sort of like speaking a different language a little bit because I'm not a grower. I mean, I've been able, through through what I've learned and what Adam's taught me and, and, and a couple of other friends and stuff have taught me, I, I've been able, dude, I grew 14-footers outdoor like three years ago. It was all over the garage. I mean, it was just amazing listening to these guys. But what I'm concerned about, like on my end, is the pro is the production. So I'm more concerned with getting the product down. Like I said, with the formulas for the CBD, hemp, check, got it. For the CBD, CBD, C, the CBN, all that stuff. My focus group for the sleep, my focus group for the CBN was my military. Guys that have had PTSD and haven't been able to sleep, right? With the CBDs and stuff like that, without the, with, with the CBNs and stuff like this, I've been able to sleep. If I, and I've been knocking them out. That's win-win. You know, one of the big things that also with the Darren McCarty brand, our brother is T, uh, Operation Valhalla because my right, my right hand guy is a former army guy, right? So, so he's, and it's a team. So I, I'm responsible for getting the product, getting the rest, you know, making sure the education and, and it's, and it's up to par. And then that's the one thing. So the, the whole thing with all-star growers and Adam and stuff like this is building these relationships throughout this country and stuff like this to be able to produce the best medicine for everybody else. Now, remember I'm creating one not that I think that works for me. I have, you know, the THC CBD game day that I produced, um, whatever is the one that I get a ton of feedback also to that helps throughout the day for all of us that need that little, little, little difference to get us going and stuff like that. So it's not, and it's not about my product. It's about, here's an option. If mine doesn't work, let's go somewhere else. Let's go somewhere else. But at the end of the day, you know, it's about the who. It's not the what, it's the who. Yeah, and I think I think you you nailed it where you said, okay, you know, Adam is cultivating, he's producing a plant, but then you have to manufacture that into a product. So making sure that's consistent, so you see the, starting with the right source material, you have to kind of see the work connection. together. Yeah, absolutely. And I also have to, I forgot to mention, uh, I want to thank you for giving a shout out to EndoDNA and what we do on your podcast, because we had we had people that uh, contacted us and said, we heard we heard about you and I can't believe there's a personalized way to check your DNA and then to find the right product for you. So thank you for you know mentioning us as well. No, I think that's that's important. I think that that's so important. You know what I'm saying? You know, whether it's and, and I think in the process of that to understand the why, I also say, I say a lot of things I realize, but I also say, you know, I don't, you can figure out the right or wrong yourself, but I like to know the why, right? Yeah. If you explain why. So that endocannabinoid stuff and whatever else that helps. And it's huge. And, and personally, because, and then let's, let's talk about, and, and I'm transparent as heck, but I had, I had a close friend whose father was, 
was scared and had an issue and it's a pretty big deal and stuff. And who did I call for answers? Right to Adam. And what Adam do, you know, he 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 did his thing. And I think the endo can, uh, can of stuff was involved. And, and it's just, that's the communication. So the involvement of what you said, you nailed it as far as producer, manufacturer, or, or, you know, get, getting it out there. Whatever, whatever will be, will be right. There's no, there's no, there's nothing in stone. It's just whatever we're going to be doing anyways. Like, you know, so that's the one thing, but until then it's all the things that we're involved in together. So I think everybody should have that option and know they have the option because a lot of times just like cannabis is that they don't know. It's not that they're saying no, they just don't know they have the option. That's it. Len, Darren, Darren will tell you, I talk to almost everyone about this right here. Right? Everybody. Everyone. So hey, Adam is holding hey, up hey, for those for those people who can't see it. Adam was holding up an endo DNA test. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Thank my you. camera's kind of crappy right now. I apologize. But you're right. That's what this is. And I, I've seen a lot of things over decades of doing this. And this is bar none to me, one of the biggest advancements um, in cannabis when you're talking about from that medicinal side, because I, I've been a caregiver. I've worked with, you know, multiple, multiple people, patients from all different types. And I've seen this plant cure. I've also seen this plant not cure and not work per se, how it did for someone else. And and that's the worst, right? I mean, there's nothing worse than that as a caregiver than losing a patient, having to go through that with the family and everything. And you're always kind of haunted by that question. Why? Why do I see one have success and another not? And, and to me, this is the lock and key. It's our endocannabinoid system. I mean, we all have one. It's all unique. And, and unless we unlock those proper cannabinoidal receptors, I believe the medicine just goes digestive and we don't actually utilize it through our system properly. Like others may that are ingesting the proper cannabinoid profile in the medicines they're utilizing. Yeah, 100%. Uh, just just kind of pivot for a second because uh, my ADD kicked in. I have a question that popped in my head. In, in the sports leagues, what can we do? And I know Athletes for Care has been a, a big part of that. But is there anything we can do and the audience is there, so we can get the sports leagues to start recognizing and saying, you know, let's at the very least starting with uh, CBD and then moving into other cannabinoids and other profiles so we can start giving players, you know, this incredible healing plan versus going through what you went through, uh, Darren, with alcohol and uh, other abuses. It's moving that way. Slowly but surely on everybody else's time. It'll get there, I believe. In uh, basketball and baseball, in football even, they don't test for... And I, and I don't know, I, I, I've heard these things. I don't, I don't know, but I don't know if they test like CBDs allowed in, in hockey or whatever like that. So I don't know officially, I'm not up to speed on it, but they're coming around, right? Because they, they're, they're, they recognize the opioid, uh, uh, what happened with the opioids was real. You know yeah, what I'm I saying? Can. So, so the alternative, as far as like, um, I know, I know that one of the collective bargaining thing, like with the NFL guys was that they weren't testing for pot or I know baseball or, ba or basketball either. So it's common, just like the country. 
Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's the, it's all about getting it's all about uh, being being prepared of what's coming next, and education's where it's at. And a lot of to, to me, like I look at it like we all know what our, what DNA is. We watch enough ID network, and everybody knows. Oh, they've seen after fifty years, but everybody's got it. But it's different. Well, your endocannabinoid system is the same way. Now, what what Adam's talking about about getting the test to put you? It's like you don't have to go through. Uh, elementary school and high school, you're right into college to know what will help your system. We've been doing this trial and error for a while. What works, what doesn't work, what does. I know, you know, don't, you mentioned ADD, don't put any like heavy sativa around me, no jack hair, no green crack, no nothing like that because I start getting paranoid. I know it's the plan. So, I mean, it's just ridiculous. So I run at about 70, 30 indica. That's you know I'm running a little bit higher. I I have this um or I have this uh, orange uh, Cushman's right now, so I'm really enjoying that. I think it's about a sixty forty sativa, so that's why I'm a little chatty. Got it. Well, no, it's it's great. I'm glad I'm glad you got the right ratio for this because uh, it's you're, you're doing great. Uh, we we don't want you sedated for uh, no. This, uh, it's all good. Podcast. I have a um, question since all you guys are sports enthusiasts. <laughs> what yes. do you think makes the league like? What is it from a league perspective that makes one sport more an earlier mover versus a later mover? So, like for example, MMA fighters. Yeah. it seemed as if it was fine for them. It seems right. as if basketball before NFL, but tennis never. I don't know. But like, what is the dynamic about the sports in the background? Well, every, every, everyone's different. So honey, at the end of the day, it's, it all comes down to money and it all comes down to education. Some depending on, it could be as much as how much your people or the, the participants of your sport use it, how much of it it's it, where it's, it's part of, of, the routine, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, but here's, here's the, the tragedy or whatever, where you know that everybody makes their own rules, right? Shikari Richardson, right? The hundred, the hundred meter sprinter. What, right? Gets chopped from the Olympics because she smoked weed and whatever like that, which is an absolute joke. Then this girl over in the Olympics who tested positive for PEDs yet, Cause what is that? Is it like, and then when Shikari says, is this a, is this cause I'm a black woman and stuff like that? Well, I don't care who you are. You got to look at it and go, I think it's either because this little 15 year old cried, but it is, it is different strokes for different folks because you're dealing with the same thing. And that's the BS of everything. So I think it's education. Who's willing to say, okay, this is the way the times are. Who's willing to turn on the computer and say, Oh, it's not an enhancement. It's, it's something that can really help. And I guess a lot of the times where you see the more moving forward thinking progress is in the, in the leagues or the owners or whatever that, that care. That's that yeah. care about that. Have the compassion. Remember what I said about dollar compassion. That's not just in, that's in every business. You can use that analogy is, and, and usually in the sports, when it comes to the ownership and stuff like this, it's all about the dollar, not the compassion. So when you see that, right, say what you want about Dana White, but he realizes, hey, it's like I realize my product, it's not the most in the hockey, it's most in the wrestling, the wrestling, the independent wrestling scene. Why? 
because those are the guys that are doing it. And I'm a sick wrestling fan. So I know that if they feel good out of the ring, they sleep well, maybe they, you know, don't have to use the pills or the drink as much or whatever like this. Then when they get back in the ring, oh, they're not going to jump off a 10 foot ladder. They're going to jump off 15 foot ladder. I'm entertained. Thank you very much. Get out of the ring, put a, rub some DMAC ointment on it, pop a couple of gummies, sleep well. Let's go, right? And at the end of the day, that's what it is. So it's about compassion. That's why, that's why you see all my, if you see where my product and stuff like this, where you ask about the NHL, hey, they can, come, they know where, they know who I am. I got my name on the, the Stanley Cup four times. They should. Right. So they can come whenever they want while that conversation. But I'm more interested. It's not just the wrestlers. It's the fans, too, because that's the same. You know, I'm all about the tribe, bro. And the tribe is 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 the weed tribe and the wrestling tribe. I mean, oh, man, like, don't get me because this is why, like, I th this is sort of my purpose. And I know that everything that I've been through right in my life, all the ups and downs. And trust me, I've been as a high as Mount Everest and I've been as low as whatever you want to think is low. Right. But it's also too, is to be grateful and balanced to be here right now. And it's through the plan. It's through the education. You realize it's these conversations that might help people to know that, that, and I'm not special. It's just that I'm willing to do the work. And there's people like Adam out there. There's people like myself and people like you and like Katie. So that, that have compassion and care, right? We care. We, if we see, that they aren't seeing it right. Like, that's all I do. How many times do I go to you, Adam? I go, okay, now is this just me or am I seeing this properly? And you'll laugh and go, well, you know, and sort of set me straight to, to, to what it is. I do it for you. It's perspective of where we're at, but it's also understanding, you know, it's all part of what are, you, what are your intentions. Yeah, this could be one of those moments, D. Um, so I think it's, <laughs> I think it's, it's a lot of politics behind the answer to that question about the different sports and facets, countries, all these things, right? It all comes down to politics, money, right? Yeah, 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 make it rain, politics, that. which is one of the same I've learned as well, money, politics, they kind of go like peanut butter and jelly, um, so, you know, until people get super more involved with your local government, your, your larger government, all these things and start really understanding these laws and what they mean moving forward. And, you know, just what what political uh, aspects we as the people want to see moving forward. I think it's funny that like as a country, we only have like how many states left that don't have some form of marijuana policy in place? Twelve. Whether, Twelve. Is it Twelve. But I think it's even lower than that if you count uh, decriminalization. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you count decriminalization, you probably have about four states. That four are, states, that right. With, yeah. with decriminalization, we're at about four states as a total union. So you have to ask yourself, who does the federal government represent them? Is it really just an island in D.C.? Like if you have four states left saying, hey, we're, okay, we don't really want to do all this. But you have all the rest of the union saying, hey, we're already doing it. So let's figure this out, right? What's the holdup? Because the holdup becomes for us, I can tell you, your, your banking, your insurance, I mean, all these things that have federal regulations to them, it becomes a nightmare trying to deal with. Yeah, and, and it, just to kind of uh, add to what both Darren and, and Adam were saying, uh, <clears throat> uh, Kimberly, you, you know, different sports leagues, it, 
so you have the UFC, right? So the UFC is basically a non-CBA, non-union, non-collective bargaining agreement league. So when Nate Diaz goes on stage and smokes a vape or a joint after his fight, he gets suspended. Dana White and whoever the powers that be, they get to make a determination. You know what? Maybe we're wrong about that. They get to change that. When it's another league that is a professional league like the NFL or the NHL, they have a union. And the union has a collective bargaining agreement. It's up to the members of the union, up to the players association and up to the 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 representatives of that union to make this a criteria that's really, really important for them to be able to get into the CBA. So if you look at the three on three, which is Ice Cube's uh, basketball league, they were the first ones to say as a professional league, we don't care. We're going to be able to go and you can do uh, what you want. The NFL in their CBA, now they're saying, okay, we're not going to test. Still not legal, but we're not going to test for that. And we're also going to allow a million dollars to go into research uh, into, you know, uh, what. Which is not a lot of money. Which is, which is, which is like, which is like a fraction of a penny to them. It's absolutely nothing. So it does, it sounds kind of, when I heard that, I thought it would actually kind of sounded worse than if you didn't say anything. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a step. Look, it's a step in the direction of recognition, right? So at the very you. least, they're saying, they're saying, we're going to move into this direction. The NBA is moving into the direction of non-testing. I think NBA will do it first. Yeah, well, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to stop testing. Uh, so that's the first thing. The NHL hasn't gotten to that. And as you mentioned, tennis, it's a whole different thing. It's it's there is a commissioner. There is an organization that's the body, just like the Olympic Committee. There's nobody representing the players. There's no union on the other side. So if there are unions and there is a CBA, then, you know, we should urge those unions to say, let's make this something that we want to bring as part of the CBA, which some of the leagues are doing. Yeah, but the, but the leagues make it tough for us to care. Just like KD said, oh, thanks for the, you know, in the big scheme of things, what is a million dollars to the NFL? Yeah. It's nothing. You're not showing me anything. So, you know, five, five million, I see you're trying to do something. Ten million, oh, okay, you want something to happen. That's just sort of like, let's go away. Yeah, a million dollars is exactly that. It's the go away. Look, we're doing something. I mean, it just is, go baby. Away. That's more offensive. I'm more offended by that. <laughs> no, truly, really, it is like a press like, release. It costs more money to have all the meetings to talk about that million dollar announcement than the million yeah. dollar announcement. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And by the way, just just so uh, to be clear, it's a million dollars that's split into two institutions for two different studies. So it's actually half a million dollars that's going and you can barely do an observational study for a half a million dollars. It's shite, bro. Level. It's shite. <laughs> well, at it's summit, shite. In no, 2017, really? I smoked out the NBA, the head of the NBA Players Association. Is that what it's called? Nice. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he said at the time is that NBA players um, had more star power and they had a stronger lobby versus yeah. football players because football players are more associated with their team, but they don't. It's not. I mean, I don't follow either sport, but he no, was saying you're, NBA you're has stronger star correct. power. Yeah. And it's also too how powerful see uh, the NBA is a a star driven league 
where the NFL is a team-driven league, you know, more because of more more guys and stuff like this. And Adam Silver, the commissioner, does a good job. And as far as the commissioner for the players, you know what I'm saying? Like he's they they like him and stuff, so it makes sort of sense. And yeah, and, and as you should, you should be smoking all these commissioners. Go smoke on Batman. That might <laughs> Gary help. Batman, yeah. Uh, let's let's see if we can go to Toronto and smoke out Gary Batman. Maybe he's that's going to be an education. Oh, he's, he's in, in New York. York. All you got to do is there's a, <laughs> just just a reason to go to New York. All right, let's do it. Uh, that way, maybe we can do an educational uh, uh, journey for him. We'll swab him first and get him personalized cannabis. That That's what I'm talking grow. about. <laughs> let's get him doing that. That would be the best thing. There you go. Get the heads of the unions and stuff doing that. You're all set. That, that's that's our out, mission. Bro. We that could solve world peace if we did that. A hundred percent. That's this why I always talk. Is, see, this plan we waiting the world if you let it. This hey, plan to save the want, world. If you let me, if you do, want, if you let me do it. If you want peace in the Middle East, I always say, why don't we just smoke the peace pipe? Get everybody at the table and uh, share a joint. I think we'll have a, a much better, uh, you know, negotiation that way. Um, hey, uh, Darren. Yeah. What What's your most memorable fight that you had? Well, the March 20th. The March. Is that, is well, that Lemieux? Is it that one or the, uh, the actually, there's the... The when he actually did fight, there's a ESPN game right off the opening draw. Um, I believe it was my birthday, uh, the next year. So the next season that he, we lined up against each other right off the draw, we went at it. And this time he didn't turtle, but I, 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 we, I got him. I got my shots in and stuff like that. It was, it was, it was a fight, and I was, I was glad because he. I didn't think he was going to do anything. And I said, if you watch out the draw, people always ask me, what'd you say? And I said, everything that you can't say today. <laughs> Pretty much. So I would have been canceled. So I would have got canceled. It would have been a <laughs> bah, 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 That's what I want to ask you. I, I was actually, I was, I was going to say, did you actually say something? Did oh, you, I, like, I did all the talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and um, it started with I can't I can't believe you're standing next to me, and it ended with <laughs> the puck drop and me me turning away, him blasting me, and me going, okay, good, he's gonna fight this time, and then it was on. So that was the second great. one. That was my that was probably one of my favorites. Love that. Uh, what's some of the best advice that you received? <sighs> the destinations an oasis. It's about the journey. Enjoy it well because it goes by quick, and I think any of us who have kids can understand that as uh, they grow up, um, different things like that. So, so it's I guess as you get older, it's just to, to uh, you know appreciate you know the, the time with the people that you have because you never know when it's going to end. And I think that since this whole global pandemic or something, uh, you know, we all went through it together. So I think it's something that we can also uh, relate to and share. And so just, you know, sometimes you need to slow it down when things are going too quick. Just breathe. Breathe, baby. I like that. Um, <clears throat> I have two more questions and I have some follow-up questions on that. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, psychedelics and uh, uh, the addition to to 
cannabis not, and the not, journey you've used not opposed. Cannabis. I'm not educated on that as far as whatever like that. Yeah, I'll draw mushrooms every now and then in the right circumstances and stuff. But but that's more like I said, Riley, and then that's the PTSD and the concussion and the guys that that went through a lot of a lot of the concussions and stuff for the tough guys that get to. I'm I'm more focused on the cannabis. But the education and stuff, I believe that it's there. That option's there. So I look at that the same as that's in the, the cannabis family because what we're hearing in the education and it's helping. It's helping like the soldiers. And it's helping the, the, the people with PTSD and concussions and all that stuff. So if it works, it works, man. And it's a plan. I mean, you're never going to... I'm the wrong guy. If it grows in the ground... I grew up tomato farming, so I have this relationship. And growing tomatoes is like growing wheat. We call them Japanese. We call wheat Japanese tomatoes. That's where we always used to say. That's where the <laughs> Japanese tomatoes are hidden. <laughs> All right. So now I have some questions. And uh, Adam already kind of described his experience. But now, uh, please describe your first experience with cannabis. Oh, me? Uh if you remember, you know, I, well, my first real experience with cannabis was after. So how I was brought to it was I suffered a, uh, groin injury, uh, sports hernia injury that I had to have surgery on after the surgery. They're giving me pills, giving me pills. And it just didn't make me feel right. Feel right. You know, I grew up, it was always, you're a stoner or you're an athlete. You can't be both. So it was sort of like you, you could drink all you want, stuff like this. And it just wasn't working and I couldn't sleep and all that stuff like that. So my buddies were like, dude, you got to smoke this, bro. This is going to put you down. And I was like, yeah. And I, once I hit it, I was like, bingo. Like Adam said, is it? Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it sort of messed me up a little bit, but I, but this is back in 99, right? So, you know, the late 1900s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, so back in 99, so there's no education. It's just getting high and it's just whatever. But, but the feeling I had the first time was like, it was like, mommy, you know, it was just like ooh, the warm. And I remember I, I could sleep and stuff like that. But again, you're fighting against, you know, like you don't have the education and that's all it is. is the stuff that I had to go through or whatever like that, I just don't want anybody else that have to go through that knowing that there's an option. So I'm curious, <clears throat> this isn't like a normal question I ask, but I believe you and I are the same exact age. You're 72. Yes, sir. There. Yes. Uh, so you're in April, right? Your birthday. April, April 1st, April fools. Yeah. April fools. I'm May. So we're like May what? A month, May 12th. Okay. Cause, uh, so cause I got a lot of men. My, my mom's May 5th. My aunt's May 11th. My son's May oh. 20th. Well, so, you, you, gotta, you, you know, you know a little about Tauruses then. Um, I do. So 50 this year. Stubborn, you Any- stubborn, <laughs> you stubborn mother. Anyways. 50 this year. It's a big I high know. Note. Yeah. You have any, anything that you're planning to do special for? We're having kid? a big, uh, we're having a big event down uh, one of the casinos here. Um, you know, and it's funny because Adam, take this. Do you want me to come, buddy? Yeah, take like this as you want. Go for it. Go I haven't for been it, able to break. I haven't been able to break it yet, but we're having. Uh, we're going to combine my birthday with the uh, 25th anniversary of the March 26th. Um, might have some special guests in, um, and uh, we're going to. 
make it a shindig. And, you know, that that's the way we like to do it. So uh, that'll be down at, at Motor City Casino, which is one of the casinos downtown here in Detroit. Hey, maybe I can celebrate my birthday with you. Come on in, man. <laughs> Come on in. More the merrier. We're going to hand out endocannabinoid. We can take everybody. Look at We can get everybody there. They must take an endo. See, they do that. We're not vaccinated. Nobody's going to argue about that, but we're going to make your life better by finding <laughs> out what your system works in. Because I guarantee you, nine out of 20, nine, 99 out of 100 people in there are cannabis users that will be at that party. So <laughs> <laughs> love that. Well, so I'm, I'm a big music guy. Uh, you're a big music guy. You're, you're, you have a band or yeah. the, yeah. I do. Right. Actually, so, we're, we're, uh, coming back out. Haven't played in probably, oh man, we grinders always in hiatus. Right. But, but we wrote uh, a couple albums. We're getting ready to go. I tell everybody, you know, it's COVID. I'm the youngest guy in the band. I got to wait till these guys all get all the, the updates and all this stuff like that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, Grinder, we we put it together uh, after our defenseman Vladimir Konstantinov got in the limousine accident after we won the cup and did a tribute out a tribute song, you know, to raise money and stuff like this. I think we raised like seventy grand, seventy five grand for it and stuff. And then the band sort of had, was always been on and off. But yeah, it's something I enjoy. It's 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 something I enjoy doing. So what was the uh, what was the first concert you ever attended? Do you remember? Uh, for, yeah, um, Joe Louis Arena, 1986, I was 14 years old, Bruce Springsteen Tunnel of Love Tour. Wow. Watch, watch right. the boss play for four hours. What about now, you, Adam? Michael Jackson, like bad concert. Who's bad? Beat it, bro. Beat for it. For sure, I no swear, I, I might be able to dig up the old thing from the concert. For sure, I was there. Oh, were you, were you, you wearing? I'm not bragging. I was there. Now you know why he's the almighty. The almighty <laughs> just always has a mic drop. Yeah, and the Michael J- were you wearing the jacket and the glove? Too? Oh, I don't know about the glove, but the jacket, yeah. I had the jacket, too. Yeah, I don't and know I, I had the jacket. that bold in my fashion back then, but like your bros and all that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Some boss, some people boss, maybe. <laughs> Here's Adam, right? Oh, Adam, you see the Super Bowl uh, halftime show with Dre and that? Wasn't that awesome? Says, yeah, yeah. Then he sends you a picture of him standing side stage with Prince getting rained on, doing Purple Rain back back in the day, doing that performance, going, that one was cool, bro, but that's that's my boy right here. That's the, that's the greatest. Uh, to me, uh, I've never Prince, met Prince in my life. I've never met Prince, Prince in my life. <laughs> Prince in the Purple Rain? Prince in Purple, the, the, that was the best halftime show of all time. Well, uh, yeah. This one oh, was second yeah. best. Can't story write it. Story write it. You can't script the rain the way it is. The fact that he just didn't care is the best. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. <clears throat> is, there, is there an album or a song that has like, made a certain impact on your life that you may want to share? Mine, I always look to um, Volbeat's Call of the Warrior. Uh, it starts as sort of my war song, right? You know, beat the fire into the way. You know, so that's sort of uh, that one always means something to me. What about you, Adam? Oh, you know that that question is always tricky for me. I I think music is an emotion, so like my favorite songs come via emotion, right? Like how I'm feeling at a certain time or whatever. That's when. So, you know, certain songs have certain impacts at different times, I guess. So, you know, that kind of like what I call to. 
Got it. All right. So, uh, Darren, what has cannabis meant in your life? Life. (laughs) I'm alive. Right. And that's the whole thing is that just sitting there doing its thing. And that's another thing that I learned is that, you know, you got to live like a plant, patient, resilient. Just keep going along. You can't rush the process. Got to let it do its thing. You're a plant yourself. Right. And, and it's okay. So the accept, but, but without this plant, I would not be alive. So what, what does cannabis mean to me? It means life. And it's also, I tell everybody, Hey, listen, I knew who DMAC was since I was six years old. It took me to 46 to, to realize who Darren McCarty was. And that's through the honest and the truth and, and, and what this plant gives you, what this plant gives you is if you want is your truth. Right, it will, it will it will give you your truth, and then it's whether you run from it or embrace it or where you go from it. But this plant, that's life. Life's my answer. Love that, Adam. What is wow, cannabis? Gee, I, I mean, I, that will know. I'm listening to Mac here. I'm like, yeah, life. <laughs> like this, this plant. I I really can't believe what this plant has uh, done in my own life for myself. Uh, my own relationship with it. I never would have imagined the places I've gone truly because of this plant, uh, what it does for others, what I've personally seen it do for others. It's what keeps that journey alive and passionate for me. Um, just education, like Dee keeps saying, getting the word out there and all that. I mean, this plant is life. It changes life. And it definitely changed mine for the absolute better. And yeah, it's taken me to a few backstages and all that stuff. But uh, it, it's also been able to literally heal people right before my eyes. And to me, I mean, that's a miracle. That's a miracle. So, so this plan is life and it, it, I'll never be more thankful for almost anything outside of like my babies and a few others that outside of what this plant's done for me. So I'll, I'll always stay true to my roots and this plant period. Now I love that. And, and such a connector too, because think about it. We're all connected here because of the plant. Really. Yep. A lot of people I meet all over the world and you, you build a special rapport and special connection like nothing else. So. Yeah, it makes oh, sense. Uh, All right. So since uh, you're you're talking, I'll ask you. Uh, please describe your room. Well, please describe what your room looked like growing up. My bedroom. Yep. Oh shit, man! I had uh, sports cars, uh, posters up on the wall like Lamborghinis and Porsches with uh, pictures of Cindy Crawford. Um, I think I had like a Nirvana thing, like the smiley face thing up. Uh, holes behind all of them. I don't know why I was so angry. Like I was always punching my walls and shit. I had the like uh, neon telephone, um, the old school like black and white uh, furniture that like 80s, like I don't know, trying to be cool, like uh, Miami Vice looking furniture. I, you know, whatever. I, I, I had some pretty, I had a pretty slick room growing up. I had the black light, all of it. I had a couch for people to sit on, even though I didn't even have people over. Like how. <laughs> You have given the highest response to this question. Yeah, you were like ready. (laughs) Yeah, like I remember it. I remember it. That was it. I can't describe it any better. It's great, man. Hey, uh, Darren, what what do your room? What did your room look like growing up? Well, um, not much until I got to move into when I was like twelve into the uh, garage, which was turned into a bedroom, which was awesome when I was older. 
15, 16 because it had a sliding door and, and we lived next to like a creek and stuff so I could sneak out all the time. So it was awesome. And it was big. And I remember I had a waterbed. So was it much? And it had, it had clothes and hockey equipment, sports, every, not a few posters, you know, Wayne Gratzky, Rick talking, like I mentioned, yeah. you know, maybe Metallica poster or something like that. But there was everything, every sports item. I was a catcher in baseball. I had all, every gear, you know, goalie gear, all this stuff, even though I didn't play net, but for outside and all that stuff. So that too was kept in my room. So it was pretty much like a locker room. Got it. Great. Uh, well, gentlemen, both of you, I really want to thank you for your time. I wanted to ask uh, for both of you to say, where can people find out more about you, your brands? Where can they contact you, uh, get a hold of you? So, uh, go ahead. All right. Uh, my best then- way is uh, you can Instagram, uh, Real Darren McCarty, Facebook official Darren McCarty. And if you want to talk to me myself, Darren McCarty 4 on Twitter, that's where I hang out all the time. Um, out of all those special ones. And for any information, go to DarrenMcCarty.com or Pincana, P-I-N-C-A-N-N-A.com mm-hmm. for all the different products. Great. And you also have a, a show, right? You have your... your oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Woodward Sports Network, uh, which you can find on YouTube and all the platforms and stuff every, every day from 11 to 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. That's great. Adam, where can people uh, learn about you and all-star growers? Looks like we might have lost Adam. All right. Well, I can I can fill in uh, the the gaps of uh, getting uh, Adam's contact info uh, to our audience. I, I know that uh, they can just look up Adam Scott Green, and I know he's on social media as well as all-star growers. Uh, Darren, thank you so much for doing this. Really, really appreciate it. I had loads of fun. And... Uh, you know, anything, anything you need as far as education goes, uh, always here to support. So thank you. Thank you. Well, you know what? That's the whole, and the whole purpose, like you're talking about with moving forward is that that's the beauty of like the plant, you know, as they keep crossing different strains, we get more education and stuff like that. It's having this line of, of education that people know that they can go to. Don't tell me what, tell me who. So Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Very, very nice meeting you guys and look forward to a future conversation. You got it. All right. All the best. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate and I'm your host of the Pop Moms Podcast. I started the Pop Moms Podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.